planning to quit your job? How about doing that without burning any bridges? That's what we're going to talk about today on adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of adulting.tv. I am Miranda, and I am here with Harlan. How are you doing today, Harlan? I'm doing good. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing okay. We hear all these stories in the media, right, about people who have quit by sticking it to the man. What about you? I mean, have you ever left a job in a huff, a great dramatic blaze of glory? I've wanted to. I mean, uh, without the blaze, I mean, you know, we don't need to burn anything down here. But yeah, I've managed to control my emotions and quit respectfully without making enemies in the process, because you don't really want to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the career website monster.com has a list of the worst ways people quit jobs, you know, including like office meltdowns, public burns, calling others out and being a little bit creepy. These are things that can really mean burned bridges with former bosses and colleagues. And that's probably not something that we want to do on our last day of work. Yeah, I would think that it would not go over well with anybody if you were to provide your boss's desk with a bowel movement before finally walking out those doors. So don't do that. Yeah, that's probably really one of the worst ways to go. Yeah, so if you can take anything away from (laughs) this podcast and the two years that we've been putting out episodes so far, it is don't poop on your boss's desk. That's right. Words to live by. So, you know, we've talked about don't do this. Don't have an office meltdown. Don't go burning things as as you leave. But why? Like, if you're not going to work there anymore, why do you care about maintaining good relationships? What does it matter? Well, let's say you're moving to a new job in the same industry. Word gets around. I mean, you do something ridiculous on your way out, and it's going to prevent you from getting anywhere that you'd like to go in the future. And that's only considering if you're staying in the same field. If you're not staying in the same fields, perhaps your reputation doesn't matter. But I still think doing the right thing matters and being a good person. Chances are you're leaving because of your boss. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons people leave their jobs, right? It's because of the relationship they have with the people they work with and primarily their supervisors or supervisors. It's very tempting to not care what they think about you or not care that you treat them well on your way out. But I really maintain that what you put out in the world is what you will get back in some form. And it makes a lot of sense not to be a jerk on your way out and to maintain professionalism and appropriateness and leave people thinking that everybody is better off in the long run with this change that you are making. Yeah. And I think another thing to keep in mind is that even if you aren't going into the same career field, you might need the reference again later. You might be trying for a new job. You might need a reference to get into, like if you want to continue your education and get a graduate degree. There are lots of reasons why 
you might need to provide former work bosses, right? Former workplace managers, you might need to give that information to somebody and they may do that as part of a background check for a job down the road. And you want that better reference and you don't want them to be calling your former boss and your former boss having to say, yeah, they took a dump on my desk on the way out. Or yeah, they caused a huge scene when they left. Uh, nobody wants that. So do keep in mind that you know, this is part of your work history and someone somewhere down the line might try and contact a former colleague or a former boss. Yeah. And and how you leave is going to be the biggest impression that you can have on somebody. So the attitude that you take on the way out sticks with you and your impression in other people's minds for probably ever. It's a good idea to just maintain professionalism. Yeah. And finally, don't forget about the networking opportunities. Just because you're not still in the same office with somebody doesn't mean they're not part of your network. You know, maybe down the road, you need a new job, they might be able to, you know, you might be able to network with them at a conference or, you know, just whatever it is, you, you never know. And what you said earlier, Harlan, about, you know, what you put out into the world finds its way back to you. You know, that's really true. And you don't want to put the bad karma out into the world to come back at you. Sure. So let's discuss now how to resign professionally. We've said that that's important, but we have to figure out exactly how to do this. Generally, when you're working, you don't want to forecast the idea that you're probably going to resign, although most people will tell you once you've resigned that they saw it coming. And there's probably things that are leading up to this and, and that are making the situation to be not the one that you want to stay in. Maybe it's just that you found another job and there's no hard feelings and you really enjoyed your time with the company. Or maybe it was a horrible experience for you and you've been counting down the days until you figured out a way to make the change and leave. So regardless the two approaches you should have are the same approach. The two situations should present the same approach for you as you leave. You should be thankful, you should be courteous, and you should be respectful, even if those three things never happened to you while you were there. Be the bigger person and take care of it. So it comes down to communication, I think. Talk to your boss. You say, listen, I've made, especially if you've made the decision already. And it's certainly fine if you want to make the decision without talking to your boss first. It is well within your rights to do that. But maybe there is something that can change with the environment to prevent you from leaving. We are going to assume that for the purposes of this episode that you have tried everything that you could to make this situation something for you. We are assuming that you've made the decision to resign and you are now going to move forward with that decision, regardless of whether you've warned anybody about it or not, regardless of whether you had those conversations to try to solve the issues or not. So now you need to talk to your supervisor and let them know, listen, I'm going to do this more formally with a letter soon, but I just wanted to give you a heads up that I am resigning, thought about it, taking the time to work on whatever the issues are, 
And this is the result that's most favorable for me. I do have an opportunity elsewhere. Or if you don't, if you don't, you know, you don't have to say that if you don't have a a job lined up. You don't have to feel bad about resigning if you don't have a job lined up. It's a decision that you can make as as an adult. So having that conversation, a little forewarning goes a long way to show that you respect the process and you respect your environment and you respect your boss as a person. So I would start with that conversation and let them know that something more formal will be coming. Now, of course, your company might have a policy where they, perhaps if you have access to sensitive information, they might not wait for your formal letter, but that's okay. I mean, the the end result is the same. You've already made the decision, you're moving on, and it's time for that to happen. Yeah. And I think it's a good idea to, you know, make sure your boss is first. Like, like you said, even if you go to human resources first, maybe you go to them first and say, hey, what's the procedure? What's the company policy? Let them know that you want to talk to the boss personally and then go to the boss next so that they're not blindsided. Another thing is that in many cases, the conversation is first and then the resignation letter is second. And in in many cases, you have the verbal conversation and then you follow up with an email with your manager or boss and the, the HR rep. So And when you do have an HR rep, make sure that they're kept in the loop in these conversations as well, because there are some situations where if you are worried about your boss or you're worried about some unpleasantness, you might need to have that HR rep present with you when you talk about your resignation. Sure. And when it comes to your coworkers, you're going to feel like you want to let them know as soon as possible that you're planning to resign. And in some cases, they probably already know whether that you've you've had discussions with them in the past or they've figured it out. But this is a conversation, like we said, that is really suited for your boss first. And of course, you can let your coworkers know as soon as possible after it's been done. Certainly, if you feel a lot closer to your coworkers, and sometimes coworkers are friends too, so you're going to have these discussions. And your coworker might know of what's coming down. I mean, you know, you might have talked about your plans with your coworker and the coworker might know that, well, this is the day he or she is going to do it today. And I see them going into the office and they might tell the other coworkers what's going on while you're in the office, which is, you know, I, I wouldn't be a hundred percent feeling like something was wrong if the coworker knows ahead of the boss, but you know, you don't want you don't want too many people. You don't want word to get around. So you have to be very careful about who knows what your situation is. And certainly, if you're to the point of resignation and it's about your environment, then chances are good your coworkers already know. You've already spoken to them. The question is just how do they handle it and how do you trust them to handle it as the situation unfolds? And remember that the two weeks is not... You know, it's it's a good rule of thumb, but it's not set in stone. It does make sense to give some lead time, especially if you know you'll be training your replacement. So when I left to go to grad school, I let my employer know, well, I let them know when, first of all, when I was applying for grad school, and then let them know that I was going to apply for grad school. And then if I got in, then I would probably leave. And when I did get accepted into grad school, I let them know about a month in advance of when I was going to quit. So I had a little more generous lead time and it gave them time to look for somebody to replace me. They actually had me help hire my replacement and then train my replacement. So especially if you know that this is going to be a positive situation where you are going back to school or you know that you're moving in two months or or something like that 
it can make sense to give your employer a little more lead time so that you can be involved in training your replacement. But you know, there are, there are cases where even though you give two weeks notice, your employer may ask you to leave sooner and they may say, okay, well then this is an at-will state and they may just have you leave immediately rather than finish out your two weeks. You want to double check your employment contract and make sure that whatever lead time you give is in accordance with what is in your employment contract. Yeah, consequences could be forfeiting any severance pay or any kind of rights that you have if you do not abide by the contract. But it's situational, and you can do your best to provide exactly what your employer expects you to do. Certainly, if you're leaving, say, to go back to school, or if you have another job offer that's not in a competing company, you have some leeway and you feel fine with planning things out. I mean, plan out the whole process ahead of time, at least to have something on paper so you know that you know you have a date that you're going to resign, you have two-week period or four weeks, whatever it is that you're leaving in between for a transition, and then you have a start date with, with enough time in advance. But don't be too worried if you do your best to stick to something like that and your former employer says, well, no, that's okay. You can just leave now. Uh, Especially if you deal with any sensitive information. Definitely, there could be a situation where you resign and that day you no longer have access to the systems and you're escorted out of the building. And that's fine. Just move on from that. And maybe you could start your next job earlier. (laughs) Yeah. And I like how you mentioned if you're going to work for a competitor, because one of the things you need to make sure of is in your employment contract, what sort of non-compete clauses and what sort of non-disclosure agreements there are that have been involved. Before you even start looking for a job with a competitor, it's a good idea to check your employment contract and, and, and check the terms of employment because depending on the situation, you might not be able to go work for a direct competitor until you have uh, been out of you know the job for six months or a year or whatever it is. Uh, so you may have to look for a job in a different field or look for a job with a company that doesn't compete directly. So before you even get started, make sure everything's in order. And if you have some loose ends or some affairs that you need to tie up, you want to make sure that you've got that taken care of. Because as Harlan says, if they say they're leaving right now and they're going to restrict your access to company systems, you want to make sure you don't have any emails outstanding or any business you need to take care of ahead of your resignation. Yeah. And non-compete clauses are, are funny things in that you can't just look at your employment contract and know what you're legally allowed and not allowed to do because some employment contracts have things in them that are not legal in the states in which they're issued. And of course, you need a lawyer to really know, a lawyer who's familiar with contracts and employment law in the state that both your company is based out of and whatever laws are in your employment contract, whatever states or jurisdictions are mentioned, your lawyer needs to be familiar with those because there are things that are allowed in some states that aren't allowed in other states. Non-compete agreements have been shown to be unenforceable in lots of jurisdictions, and employers will try to get around that as much as possible. And in some states they can, in some states they can't. But it's important to know, number one, what is in your employment contract if you have one. 
Number two, what is legal within that contract? So before you go out and take action, whether it's uh, resignation or taking another job within the same industry or within a company or, or, or with a company that competes with your current company, then you'll want to know exactly what the potential consequences are. We, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but if your boss is unpleasant and if your boss is, is giving you a hard time as you're talking to him or her about the situation, what are you going to do? I mean, you definitely need to maintain professionalism, but what are some of the other things that you can do if your boss is being unpleasant about this whole situation? Well, people are going to be unpleasant, especially when they get bad news. Be professional, just like we've talked about. And sometimes even when you're faced with somebody who's being unprofessional, you still need to maintain your professionalism, maintain your calm as much as possible, even though that can be really, really difficult. Uh, and especially if you're an emotional person, I mean, you, you might already, as you're walking into the office, you might be ready to cry at any moment because this is an emotional experience. You don't want to let people down or you're maybe you're just happy you're getting out of a bad situation. And if you feel risk of whether it's your boss being unprofessional or you not being able to handle the situation, have HR in the room with you if there is HR at your company. Hopefully, your company has someone who can maintain composure in difficult situations, who can sit in with you as you do this, so you feel that you have the support that you need if anything gets ugly, whether it's something you expect your supervisor to do, or something if you have some issues yourself with maintaining composure in difficult situations. Having that uh you know, I don't want to say neutral if it's HR, because obviously HR exists to protect the company and not to protect its employees. But you do want to have somebody there who can diffuse a situation if you feel that there's a chance that it could get out of hand. Yeah, and make sure you're not getting sucked into arguments. And, you know, make sure you, if you're going to say anything to your boss or, or anything about why you're quitting, you know, try and focus on your career path and, and not personal problems you have with your boss or issues you have with the company. Instead, you know, you want to make sure you're focusing on your career path and, and making it more about, hey, I'm doing this for me. It's nothing about you. And, you know, I feel like this is going to help me take my next step. And so, you know, don't get sucked into arguments and don't get sucked into saying personal things about the boss or the company. Yeah, and sometimes HR, especially if you have if you're working for a, a larger corporation and there's an HR division, you know, sometimes they'll want to do an exit interview. Mostly those are a waste of time and if you can avoid doing it, I would suggest avoid doing it. The things that you, people who leave a job expect that, you know, they can lay out all the complaints that they have and the company will take it into account and, and try to fix the situations. But that's not really what happens. So for the employee's perspective, I believe that they're a waste of time and I would try to avoid doing them. And if you do do them, don't expect anything's going to happen or it's going to fix anything with the company. Yeah, for sure. You definitely want to moderate those expectations. So what are some of the do nows as you're getting ready to quit your job and you're trying not to set anything on fire as you leave? What are some of the do nows that you can take heart yeah, I, like we mentioned earlier, check your employment contract, know the laws of employment in your state, check with a lawyer if you need to, figure out what's expected of you and what 
you should expect of your company when you resign. I think that's that's an important thing to do. And realize that just because it's in your employment contract it doesn't mean it's legal. So that's why you do want to check with a lawyer if there's, you know, not for every job, obviously. If you're working retail and you decide to quit and leave and resign, you know, there's probably very little that you have to worry about in terms of what is permitted and allowable in your contract. But if you are a higher level uh, management position type, uh, there could be certain things that you do need to look out for. So understand what's expected of you and of your company as you go through this process. The next thing you can do is create a script of what you plan to say in your meeting and then practice it. So don't just go in there and expect to wing it. Kind of uh, figure out what you want to say ahead of time and have an idea of how this conversation is going to go from your side. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I think back to my time in corporate. Whenever a supervisor of mine had to have difficult conversations, she would have all of her notes on a legal pad and she would have the legal pad in there when she was talking to whoever she was talking to, but like hold it up and put it on the desk so the other person couldn't see what's written on the pad. I just think that was kind of funny, but she was prepared and uh, was able to get through the conversations by preparing, by writing down the, the points that she had to address on a piece of paper. And, you know, if you have to do that, that's what you have to do. Yeah. And finally, make sure you get your office affairs in order, wrap up any outstanding projects. You want to leave as professionally as possible and without leaving a mess. Even if you're not burning something down and being really loud about it, you don't want to leave your coworkers and others in a situation where they're scrambling. I mean, sometimes that's unavoidable depending on the situation and the circumstances, But if you can, it's always a good idea to wrap up your office affairs and finish those outstanding projects. So we have a question from a listener, and that is as follows. My workplace is toxic, and I'm excited to leave. There's no one I want to maintain relationships with. Do I really need to be nice to them until I'm done? Uh, Yes, (laughs) that's that's the short answer. Kind of like what we were talking about before. You want to put out their good vibes into the universe. You want to make sure that you're doing what you should. You don't want to leave in a way where you'll be embarrassed down the road. So even if your workplace is toxic, it doesn't mean you're going to try and do a tit for tat. It really makes sense to be as professional as you can. You don't have to be nice. You don't have to be buddy-buddy and you don't have to be super friendly, but it is important to maintain that professionalism until the very end. Yep. I agree completely. And just because the situation is toxic, it doesn't mean that you have to contribute to that in any way, be the bigger person and move forward and do things the way they should be done and you know they should be done and leave with a clear conscience and start again somewhere else or just move on whatever it is that you're doing and it it doesn't it doesn't really take a lot of effort to be nice it takes more effort to be rude and to come up with schemes that are going to embarrass people so just take it easy and do what you need to do buy the book stick to your plan and get out of there as quickly as possible, especially in those toxic situations. Do you have a story of leaving your workplace? Or maybe you have a story of your witnessing of somebody leaving the workplace. Go ahead and head over to the adulting community on Facebook. You can find us at hashtag adulting. 
And don't forget to check out adulting.tv for plenty of resources, articles, videos, and more so that you can learn how to be an adult in the best possible way. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Just head on over to adulting.tv slash iTunes. And don't forget to ask us your questions at adulting.tv slash ask. And remember to act like a grown-up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Adulting.tv.